Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, we have said it before on the show that we don't make the rules. We've said that, like, right? Like, we've said that before. <laughs> yes, correct. Okay, we don't make all of the rules. We make some of the rules, though. And so, yeah. welcome in to episode number 199.5, everybody. How is it going? We determine how we count here. This is our show. We get to say what episodes what episode. And so, this is episode 199.5. So, welcome in. And, and we'll nobody elaborate. Can, but... Nobody can tell us any different. Because you can't. It's our show, and we're not ready to have episode two hundred yet. So, damn it, damn it take all. Take that, universe. Yeah, you can't fuck with us because we fuck right back. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the universe can fuck with us a little bit, and that's I... why this isn't oh, episode two hundred. That was good. That was a good transition. Thank you. I learned from the best. That's really kind, Kyle. So... <laughs> Kyle is a master a master at transitions. <laughs> they have sound effects. We don't do that. We can't. That's correct. They do have sound effects. No, but, you silly. You always do the best transitions. Yeah, sometimes it's not great, but I think I, I think I'm on my game tonight. So we'll see how this one goes. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. And I'm excited to be here chatting hockey with you again. Although the hockey we get to talk about is a little bit abysmal. And we'll get into that, of course, here in a little bit. I'm going to do this one a little bit different just because we're catching up on some content here, y'all. But um, welcome in, everybody. We're glad to be back here sitting in front of our microphones and chatting about Blue Jackets hockey, the thing that I know brings the two of us the most joy, uh, regardless of what's happening on the ice. And at this point, like that's clear, considering the fact that this is our fourth regular season that we're covering and well um they've been consecutive and you know what the last four years have been like so <laughs> this shouldn't come as a surprise to you that we like doing this in any circumstance but here we are yeah here we are um so i i can just you don't even have to ask me i can just how i was gonna say you know what i mean i can do the whole like laura how are you doing it feels disingenuous but like i can i can do it <laughs> I mean, that's up to you. If for content purposes, you want to ask to. me. Okay, I, go for it. I think I have to. Okay, ready? Hold on. Let me, I'm going to take a drink of water, prepare myself okay. to. Really prepare yourself for this? Yeah, it's the first time I've done it. Laura, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, you know. I do, actually, yeah. You do, actually. <laughs> I, um, I do know. know exactly how I've been doing. Um, so yeah, so as we stated, this is episode 199.5 because, um, last week when we were supposed to be recording our really special, um, at 200th episode, which had a lot of things planned, but don't worry, uh, we we're figuring out how to, uh, do them soonish. Um, I was in the hospital, um, I am not going to be uh, super like explanatory of it. Um, that's only for the near and dear right now. But um, yeah, I was in the hospital very unexpectedly and um, which caused us to not record and have to cancel some stuff. 
Um, but I am home now, obviously, as you can see in the background, I am in my home. Um, and it's been a really shitty, scary time. So, um, obviously Jeremy knows everything. He's been with me every moment of this situation. And, um, I was super bummed. I even told him, um, to do our special interview without me, um, because I'm a martyr and it's <laughs> a really good way to put it <laughs> <laughs> and just like, did not want to have to cancel, but I didn't think that the person who we were interviewing, um, would love to see, um, me from a hospital bed. So didn't really <laughs> want to do that. Um, but yeah, so it's been really crazy. And like I said, I'm not going to be super specific about anything, but if our lovely listeners and fans and friends have some extra like positive energy or thoughts or prayers or whatever, um, you believe in, if you could send it, uh, my way and Jeremy's cause he's has to deal with me. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. So, um, you know, scary and uncertain times over here but what is a great distraction is our incredible show and our beloved blue jackets so we are back at it and we are chugging along but you know I I don't tell him enough but I couldn't get through most things without Jeremy so I am incredibly grateful that he's been with me through all of this and will continue to be so but I'm also very happy to be back with all of you. So yeah, you're stuck with me. Truly. Yeah. And all of the vibes to Laura. I trust me. I'm here to, for the support. I don't need them. I'm ready to go. I'm in your corner, ready to throw punches. So um, yes, Laura, I know I speak for everybody when I say that like number one priority, you like, <laughs> You being well and taking care of yourself. And there was absolutely no way in hell I was doing that interview. There was no way. (laughs) Because for one, like, it wasn't a test. Like, let me say that. It wasn't a test. But it read like a test. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it, oh, like, you mean me telling you that you yeah, could do like it was like a, it was like because if my response was okay, sounds great, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> like I'm such a oh, dickhead. I didn't. It was not a test. I was not testing you. Like <laughs> oh, I, I just, I knew. <laughs> I probably would have cried though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, not yeah. that I wasn't crying about other things, but sure. like I. It would have kind of been in not the same capacity. It would have kind of been like you being in Finland without me. Like yeah. that kind of. And also at the same exact time, a year later that you were in wow. Finland. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. I don't know if I like that analogy. Like, yeah. That's it's. That sucks. It's weird. Um, but I, w- I, it would have been fine. Like it would have been more of an emotional upheaval if I cried about it. Um, then it would have been like truly oh, I know. me being upset. Cause I definitely was like, please do it without me. Like we can't miss out on this opportunity. And thankfully we are loved by some very incredible people that we work with, with this team. And, um, they have been incredibly gracious and understanding and flexible and very supportive, um, 
And we, I, I think I speak for both of us. We just couldn't be more grateful for that circumstance. Oh yeah. Um, so we are still able to eventually bring you the planned content that we had for episode 200. So, but that's the goal. Yeah. The goal is that the word cancel is not the real word and that the word is rescheduled. I know that regardless, whenever, even if it ends up, even if we get to 199.932, <laughs> like episode 200 will be special. We'll have good stuff for you. It'll be um, in February. <laughs> We're, could you imagine um i don't know if there will be enough numbers but <laughs> yeah enough no there, not if we're starting out at 0.5 yeah well um, we, this was maybe not strategic we maybe should have started on a, <laughs> a smaller number it's fine i like 199.2 just right. like give us some more like up to five chances no yeah um was- i'm not too worried about it i when we get the chance to bring you that episode it's gonna be a lot of fun we're looking forward to it yeah, so how are you doing after your best friend was in the hospital? Well, a lot better knowing that you're not there anymore. That was, uh, listen, I not to make this about me, right? <laughs> you can. But, it's been about me a lot lately. No, no, no. I was just going to say, but obviously, like, when a person that you love very dearly is, like, going through a stressful time, like, that is obviously, like, a hard thing to, like, because, again, in that moment, very much not about me, but also, like, sad right like because i just wanted you to be okay and so i am glad that like generally speaking like here you are recording an episode with us and uh that's not going to stop anytime soon and we'll just keep on doing the damn thing and so i feel good about all that i'm glad that you're home i'm glad that you're doing better i love you a lot um no i outside of that though i am i am okay i what we do on this show is we normalize talking about mental health and mental wellness and all this kind of stuff. Um, so recently started uh, an anti-anxiety, like medication, anti-depression medication, like all that kind of stuff. And so I'm on like week two and a half of that process. And so like, that's just been a journey to like go through that. Cause it's one of those like whole side effects are worse for the first like couple of weeks while you're adjusting than that it is better. And so you're like, Hmm, this is a dumb idea, but Actually, I don't actually feel that way. It's been pretty minimal, but I am really fatigued. We're actually, now don't get me wrong. It's 9.30 as we're recording this, but like for us, like by our standards, like that's kind of early. Yeah, it's kind of like a normal start time. Yeah, like we're kind of like a little ahead of this one tonight. And it's just because I know like the both of us like could use the sleep. And also daylight savings time fucks with me like crazy. Like I know it does everybody. And so that has been a journey too but no generally okay i did have to like have a panic moment to literally today like right before we recorded about like my entire complex got a letter about like <laughs> oh hey like we verified that you're smoking marijuana in your apartment i said that's funny because i no <laughs> like maybe like, but like not like we're not like, <laughs> like we're not smoking anything um in this house. And let's remind everyone, it is legal in the state of Michigan. And on December 7th, also in Ohio. Hello. Correct. <laughs> Hello. Um, but no. Uh, so yeah, it's just been a lot of that stuff. I mean, like, I actually, like, you're going to be shocked to hear this, uh, like, above anybody. But, like, the last couple of days at work, I've been like, I'm bored. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> it's been slowish. So that's been, like, a journey. I know. Wow. I know. I know. I know. I think I've been annoying Allison because I keep going into her office and I'm like, I'm bored. Like, like I'm her boss. <laughs> I'm like going into her office and I'm like, I don't know what to do. 
Um, but that's all going to change, I think, in the in the next couple of days, just because I've got some stuff coming up. But no, things are good. I it snowed here like a lot on Easter. No. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I was like, it probably will. Like, but no. Uh, I mean, yeah, probably. But it's definitely Halloween. not the holiday that's coming. No, or yeah, past. Not. Although, let's have that conversation removed from religion at all. Like, let's not include religion at all. There's something Halloweeny about somebody rising from a grave. Yeah, zombies. Right. So, they're sibling holidays. I don't know, but. Um, which actually is like a terrible thing to say, because isn't there something devilish related to Halloween? Like the sexual <laughs> they're each other's Wario. Like it's like Yeah, um, I, I don't think anyone would ever draw the conclusion that Easter and Halloween had anything to do with each other, but I mean And that's why I'm different because I'm not afraid to take risks. That's true. You so, are. Anyhow. And I appreciate that about you. Well, earlier you said something along the lines of Oh, what did you say? Our incredible listeners. listeners and beloved Blue Jackets. No, Blue you Jackets. said incredible. Is that what you said? Yes. I'm our, glad- I think I said our incredible listeners and friends and our beloved Blue Jackets. Well, whatever you said, I'm glad you didn't change the adjectives because to say our beloved whoever and incredible Blue Jackets would be disingenuous um, because incredible is not the adjective that I think I would use to describe this hockey team over the course of the last six games. So since we last came to you all, there have been six games played um, and we are going to do our best to kind of holistically review that, to talk through the results, to talk through who's looked good, who's not. And Laura, I, we deserve some validation. What are we, what are we getting validated for? So <laughs> I agree I'm, with you, but what are we getting validated for? <laughs> is, you know, blind faith, blind trust. You just say okay. yes. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to yes. try that again. Okay, ready? I'm going to try that again. We're going to run it back. Mm-hmm. Laura, we deserve some validation. Hell yeah, we do. Fuck yeah, we do. Agreed entirely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, on our last episode, we talked about two things. We talked about two players, and we talked about Ken Johnson and Johnny Goudreau, and both of us being a little bit hesitant to say that they were performing up to par in any way, shape, or form. And I would go so far as to say that if we're talking about player personnel in the last six games, those have been the two players that have probably gotten <laughs> talked about the most. <laughs> now, and, bo- and both have been punished in some way for yeah, their performance. And for those There who were like air the, quotes there. Yeah, people I was going to say, for, for those who aren't watching, yeah, the air quotes are there. AHL is not a punishment. <laughs> no. And intentional in the fact that, you know, it seems like there's a development plan that's been pretty transparently discussed with Kent in that context. But yeah, I mean, Laura, it's that that was, we called that and it's been, it's transpired in that way. There have been some players who have looked pretty good and have put up numbers that have been relatively impressive since we last uh, talked, but there have been some players that have been really quiet and we're going to talk about both, but you know, it's been interesting to kind of see some of these players evolve. And as the year continues to progress, kind of seeing who's sitting where in the Blue Jackets points race. Not that that's anything super important, just, you know, a handful of games into the season. But, you know, we're, we're past the the opening week, right? Like we've, we've gotten a sample size here that's a little bit more holistic. And, you know, it's definitely cause for concern, I think, in some areas. I think it's cause for celebration in others. And I think that for some, we're still like the jury's still out. But, 
you know, since we last chatted, Dmitry Vronkov has been playing a lot of Blue Jackets hockey, six games, and he's played all six games since we last chatted. I can't remember if he had made his debut quite yet when we – was he fixing to make his debut or had he made his debut? Um, I think he was going to make his debut. Well, either way, Dimitri and we, Vronkov, But we talked we – ta- we knew he was going to, so I think we talked about it. That makes sense. It. Yeah, so, I mean, he's played six games, and uh, he is one of three Blue Jackets – in this six game span who have had four points. Um, so leading the team in points in those six games since we last recorded, Laura, do you know who the other two are? Um, I'm going to go with. Oh man. Um, yeah, this is kind of a quiz. I'm sorry. I know that like, it's okay. Um, Ivan Provorov. That is one. Um, Jack Roslovic. That is the other, yeah. So those are the two players that have had four points in the last six games for the Jackets. A lot of guys have had three points. I mean, like, it's been pretty spread out, the the point distribution. But, Laura, some of the some of the folks that stand out there, I mean, like, those three are obviously there. Uh, you know, Kromarchenko's only played in four of those games. He was in and out of the lineup. But he's got three points in those four games. He's actually played pretty well, and he's definitely found the score sheet. He's got two goals, one assist in those uh, four games that he played. Is there any? Are there any players that you have pinpointed as being players that you want to talk about as this six-game stretch has occurred? You know, are there players that have stood out to you? Are there players that you still need more from? You know, also of note, Alexander Texier got his first point since being back with the Blue Jackets. He had two points the other night against Florida. And so he's up to uh, one, one, and two there. Um, but yeah, are there any other players that are standing out to you right now? I mean, I think I really think that the um, Marchie having to set out for two games really lit a fire in him. Uh, you can even see from his like press presence that he, you know, when they talked about him, you know, coming back into the lineup, he was like. And having like a good game, he was like, I missed two games. I have something like I have to make up for that. So we know the fire and the competitive nature is still there. But I do think it was a good idea to um, have him sit out those two games. Um, And I really like this process that Coach Vincent has put into place where like he's not afraid to take people out of the lineup and let them take a bird's eye view for a couple of games. And he doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care if you're a rookie or if you're Johnny freaking Gaudreau and, you know, he didn't bench Johnny for a whole game, but I mean, he benched him for a whole almost third period. But, um, and I think that that has a lot to do with what he's been saying the whole time, which is that he's going to hold players accountable and um, he expects excellence. Um, and I think that that's something really different than what this team has seen from coaches in the last few years. Like even the last couple of years of Torts, like he was just play, 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 like didn't matter. And, you know, Coach Vincent is wanting you to build upon your skill set and improve not just play. So I really like that. So maybe the person that I think I want to talk about that stands out is Pascal Vincent. Yeah, like, I think 
that's a fair that's fair you know i just i'm so impressed with you know what i'm seeing through a really tough stretch of, of games like only winning one game out of six is tough and having a couple really tough overtime losses in those six games um is you know really frustrating especially the other night when we lost to florida um you know because we should that game should not have gone to overtime um you know when you rally that hard back to come back from a you know three zero deficit after the first period like you should not have taken that game to overtime because that's what ultimately lost it for us was the fact that they had to go to overtime and you know it's just they're the team like they have some shining moments but they're still making mistakes that should be avoidable or happening less often for a professional level team. Yeah. And I mean, I think the thing, the one thing that I'll agree with you on is especially Just the one thing. Yeah. I can't give you too much. Come on. <laughs> like, no, one of the things that I'll agree with you on among many, like, cause I, there's nothing that you just said that I, I find any kind of disagreement in, but it's it's the fact that like you said it's it's not this idea of like play 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 through all of the struggles there's definitely been some accountability here in a way that i don't think blue jackets fans are used to and that's been most evident to me i don't know i wouldn't go so far as to say that blue jackets fans aren't used to that happening with younger players like i think we've seen that happen before with some of those younger guys being taken out of the lineup but you're right. Like, unless your name was Brandon Dubinsky for whatever reason, like John Tortorella really wasn't doing anything to hold veterans accountable when he was behind the bench in Columbus. I mean, transparently, like there were players that were playing in that final year of his tenure that should have been being scratched or should have been, you know, in different scenarios. But then I think about like players like Liam Foody, right? Like who were always on that short end of the stick when it with torts, like, right? Like those guys weren't getting chances. And so, you know, I think that's the part that we're used to, but I think this idea of challenging these guys to be better when they're not playing to their, to their best and also leaning into guys that have kind of developed this reputation, I think in Columbus of being players that like are, are scrubs or are people who are expendable. Right. I mean, like I think Jack Rossovic is an example of that in a lot of cases, because I think that there have been scenarios in the, in the six game stretch that Vincent has relied on him and has put him in situations to be more effective. I mean, even, even the other night in overtime, you know, against, uh, Oh no, wait, am I, am I not recounting that? Right. Who did, who did they play when Chinny got back in the lineup was, did we go into overtime with Washington or no? No, it was just close. It was two, one final. Yes. Yeah, yeah we didn't go to overtime. Shit is like getting confusing to me. Um, but like in the moments where they're trying to get that goal back, where they're trying to tie things up, it's Igor Chinnikov is out on the ice who also made his season debut in the six game stretch. Um, you know, his first game back, which also kudos to his English, by the way, and and also the sleeves. Looks good. Looks good, buddy. But yeah, I it's been interesting because he's not afraid to lean on the players that are doing things right. And I think even in scenarios, like how many times did you and I like want to drink heavily when the Blue Jackets were putting out Nick Felino, Seth Jones, and Cam Atkinson three on three every fucking day? 
Look, I love Cameron. Love him. He's not exactly. He's the only one I was okay with being out there more frequently. Like he was the only one. Right, but without the without the right supporting cast, he can be pretty limited. And Nick Foligno and Seth Jones were not the correct supporting cast in that scenario. Um. But it was but, always it was always leaning on the veterans. It was always leaning on those guys to like come through in moments, and not the guys who were showing that day that they were the ones that were the most on. And I think Vincent does that. Like, and I think that that's a change of pace. And I think that that's something that we all should be excited about. And I think that that's just going to be nothing but good moving forward. When this team is starting to get competitive, you're going to get to a place where this team is going to have 14, 15 forwards that probably deserve to play and would probably play on most other lineups, same with the defensemen, right? Like you're going to have seven to eight players that probably could play on any other NHL lineup. If this team is Stanley cup competitive, like that's going to be the reality of it. And so having a coach that's going to be able to make those decisions and is going to be able to, you know, hold the veterans accountable to their style of play. And also like give the young guys the opportunities that when they're hot, you're going to get an opportunity. Like that's exactly what this team needs right now. And I think that there are some feelings about some of the decisions that he's made, whether that be, you know, early in the season, like really riding that Patrick line at center train, like, or, you know, some of the pairings that I know people are still confused about and maybe have some questions about. And like, sure. Like I hear you, like there are some that maybe are, you know, or unorthodox to me too, but (laughs) I just ultimately though, like I've been really impressed with him and I don't think that the blue jackets record right now is, indicative of his coaching performance. I think that this is exactly what the Blue Jackets need. And, uh, you know, I can't even imagine if Mike Babcock was the head coach of this hockey team right now. Oh, God. We would be just on. Can you? Like, I can't even, like, there's no no part of me that can even, like, see that as a. I was going through some of my shit from, like, Traverse City the other day. And I had, like, one of the, um, like, one of the depth charts, one of the line Mm. charts from the game. And, like, it saying head coach Mike Babcock on it, like, felt so wrong to me. Um, but also we should hold on to those. It feels like a memento. (laughs) It feels like also a fever dream. Um, but, (laughs) but no, I think one of the things that I like the most, and I think is something that will pay off for the players and on this team that are going to be there when we are truly competitive is the fact that Pascal Vincent's not afraid to take it down straight to the basics because, I think if you look at any competitive team from the last, you know, decade or so, I think that you would see that, you know, the simple things are what they're the best at. And they know that that's going to how that's how they're going to be competitive. Like once you master the basics, you can add in, you know, the fancy things, the more, Um, you know, the bigger hits, all that sort of stuff. And I think for a long time, we were just putting a bandage over um, a lack of knowledge and a lack of, um, you know, practice in hockey basics. And I know that sounds ridiculous because it's an NHL team, but you like, we're a young team, like the NHL is top tier and you got to be good at your shit to be competitive. And, you know, I like that he's not afraid to humble them and be like, you know what? We're freaking running camp drills, <clears throat> you know, all day today at practice because 
You're not proving to me that you know how to stick handle confidently. You're not proving to me that you know how to forecheck properly. Like, you know, reminding them that these key basic points to the game are what's going to allow them to be successful. And I think in a, I know that we're trying to expedite the process, but in a, like a rebuild, retool, reform, bring us back into the light scenario, you've got to start from the ground up. And yeah, I agree with you. This The performance of the team does not reflect his coaching style at all, but I think it's going to um, really pay off in the end because we're building a foundation. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's been it's been interesting to see just like also some of what the Blue Jackets are even doing from a like even from just like a stylistic standpoint like in seeing the way in which like they're keeping things and, and even if it's not effective right now in most nights like like you said it one win over the last six is not ideal and I guess we haven't even really said that like in the last, in those six games that we haven't covered at this point, like one, three and two, right. Again, points in three out of six, but you know, it's rough. Right. And like, you see even like situations like you did against Florida where they are getting out shot 21 to one, like what the fuck was that? That was insane. But there are moments where you can see the system and you can see it working and you can see the way in which they're keeping things to the outside, limiting those high danger chances against Elvis against whoever's in goal. And they're doing so effectively to the most part until the floodgates open, but I digress. And, and so I think it's just trying to make sure that you can continue to figure out how to play that system and how to make sure that the people who are within that system are understanding it and they're doing it right. And they're not finding the shortcuts, right? Like a play like Johnny Goudreau getting benched is not typical in this league, right? I mean, it's interesting because it happened to Jonathan Huberdeau just the other day. Um, and so there were, there was even some noise. Like I actually saw his uncle, like, was, I don't know. Did you see that? Johnny's uncle? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that he, we follow him or he follows us on I Twitter. Think, I think both are true, but he, and so if you listen, shout out to you, like, this isn't me giving you shit, but like, I, it was interesting. Cause like in a Twitter exchange, like, I think it was a flames fan. Like said something about like Huberdeau, to like Columbus, Goudreau to Calgary, like one for one, like whatever. And he was like, kind of like, that sounds like a good plan to me. Like his uncle said that, like, and I was like, uh oh shit. Like, what is there like something going on here? But he even like said, like, John picked, like, he picked Columbus. Like, I don't think you have anything to worry about here, like all this kind of stuff. But it was just like one of these things where it's like, oh damn, like that's fascinating to like even see that like people see players being held accountable like that. And the first thought is like, this player's got to go. Uh, you know, there's even been some discourse about that with Ken Johnson, right? Like, about like, oh, this player changed agents, this player. <laughs> Which like I think is insane. And I know that sometimes it can be true because, like, we've, we, you know, we saw it with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, we've seen it with other players. But, like, it just felt so insane to me that that's how quickly people jumped to conclusions with Kent Johnson. Because it's, it's just insane. It's like, trauma-informed, though. Like, I can kind of, like, it, in Columbus, it's trauma-informed, but also, like, it's insane. Like, those two things that can be true at once, I think. Right. And it's also the changing of the narrative that, and we'll, you know, say, say this, and this is a hill to die on, is that the AHL is not a punishment. 
like sending a player to the AHL to get quality game time and to work through whatever issues they're having is actually a gift because for a player, it's better than riding the bench for multiple games because they don't, they feel like you're a liability to the main club. Um, It's better than um, not being given the opportunity like on the ice to better yourselves because you're just doing whatever you can out of panic to keep up with, you know, whatever is happening with your other teammates on the ice. Like the AHL was developed so that players could develop. Like that's why there's levels of hockey. It's so that you can come up through them. And yes, sometimes players are so incredible that they skip a couple of, a couple of, you know, levels. Um, But it's not a punishment. It doesn't mean that he's never going to play in the NHL again. It is just for him. We don't have, we have too many players right now anyway. And he wasn't going to get quality playing time because we just don't, we don't have the time to help him work through it in the main club. So let him work it, work through it in Cleveland. Like, it's just, I cannot believe this narrative of like, oh, he's going to ask for a trade now. He's going to blah, 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 blah. Like this, this whole narrative of like the outspoken young player rookie thing is not as common as people think. I know that with PLD, we ran into this, but also have you seen Kent Johnson's personality? Like, I don't think he has it in him to throw a fit and demand a trade. I mean, which, for what it's worth, PLD was also kind of like wallpaper paste. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was, he was pretty quiet too, but I get what you're saying. Um, so I just, I really was like, um, and I think this was kind of all happening like while I was going through things. So I, I think I was talking like to my parents and I was just like, I don't understand. Like they don't know anything about hockey. So they were just like, yeah, sure. Okay. That, all right. Um, but people should want him to be able to improve upon his skill set so that he can have a long career and that he can eventually come back up and be a great blue jacket. But they, I can't, I just don't understand people who think that the AHL is such just like a pit that we send people to be punished and all this sort of stuff. Like, I just don't like, he didn't have to clear waivers to go there. Like, and I mean, they wouldn't have sent him if they would, if he would have had to clear waivers, like, because someone would have snatched him up. Oh God. Yeah. They would never do that. Never. So like, trust me, they know what they're doing. It's okay. Well, and the other piece of this too, right. Is like, again, like he has even gone so far as to say like, yeah, like there's been a lot of transparency. I've appreciated that. Like there's a plan, like they're referring to it as a plan, right? Like we're not talking about it as just like a, like reactive and maybe in some ways it was reactive right like of course like but i think like in that reaction there's still there's still intention and i also think that it's important to realize and think through the fact that like pascal vincent is an ahl head coach of the year right like if we think about like there's not very many people who know the ahl right now that are behind a bench in the nhl like pascal vincent does like he knows what 
Ken Johnson is going to be experiencing down there. Like he knows it like the back of his hand. Right. And so for that reason too, like there's confidence in knowing that, okay, he's going to be down there. He's going to get good experience. He's going to get good work. The other piece of that too, is like Trent Vogelhuber is a great coach too. And giving him the opportunity to be coached by him is a positive. Like I love, I love Vogue's. Like I think he is great at what he does. I think he's an excellent NHL head coach and he's going to be an NHL head coach one day. I don't have any doubt about that, but it's just, it, it is going to be okay. <laughs> Everybody calm down. Like, and, and players are going to get their chances, right? I mean, like, that's indicative of even, like, Igor Chinnikov, right? He comes back up after starting the season in Cleveland, you know, and obviously, like, some injury stuff in the preseason maybe also contributed to that decision for him to start the season in Cleveland. But, like, he comes back up and he looked good. Uh, you know, things are going to get a little bit more interesting, I think, on this front, because once Karel Marchenko plays his next game, like, he is technically no longer – like waiver ineligible, like he would have to clear waivers to go back to Cleveland. So, um, you know, I think it's really safe to say that the next time Crow plays a game for the Blue Jackets, you can pretty much guarantee that unless something drastic happens, he will never play another game for the Cleveland Monsters. And so it's just, again, like you said, there's a plan here. They know the repercussions of sending a guy down. They know what that can look like but they're being intentional about the way they do it. And again, you're seeing this, you're seeing this kind of account. Like, I mean, like it happened even with, with Trevor Zegers, right? Like when they were playing Columbus, you know, in, in Columbus, right? Like he was benched and at least Johnny wasn't opening and closing the door. This is true. So (laughs) I don't know. I just think that, you know, obviously it's important to read into those things. Like, I think it's like, Good. And the other piece of this too is you're not getting the bullshit answers that John Tortorella used to give about benching players, where it's like, you'll know if I bench a player. And it's like, well, he didn't play the last 12 minutes of the game, John. So what the fuck do you think he like what like what does that mean? Um <laughs> you didn't outwardly hit him on the bench. Like <laughs> that's fucking crazy. I John Tortorella's a fucking kook. I still can't get over it. But um yeah, it's just people need to calm down. And and I think again a lot of it's informed by trauma and it's just it's sensationalizing things i think in part because in a lot of ways like the hockey hasn't been the world's most exciting there's not any sort of major storylines off the ice like for blue jackets fans it's actually probably the calmest it has been in a news cycle in years so like in some ways like trying to fill that void in whatever way we can uh, well, and know. even in the last couple of months, I mean, think about the yeah, end of true. the off season. I mean, what happened there? That, I don't know. <laughs> absolutely nothing. It, it was dead. It was like a ghost town. Um, no, I mean, just think about. I mean, I know that we it that was a an incra- a crazy intense ride. So I, I understand that coming down off of it is going to be difficult for people. But there's still so much of the season to go, and like you know true expectations is we were never going to be like super competitive. The odds of us going to the Stanley cup playoffs, like not high, but that doesn't mean that we can't still get better and keep working towards it. I know it's frustrating. It's so much more fun to watch games where we're competitive and we're winning and all trust me, I get it. I wanted nothing more than like a couple happy moments the last week hockey wise just for a distraction um 
And I just had to make it fun to yell at the TV um, or yell at the radio, actually, because my freaking ballet stuff still isn't working. Um, but <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. But, you know, it's real. The, the people that are like down and dirty in it and understand um, and I, trust me, I don't understand everything about it, but I, I do have a deeper investment, obviously, like things that are happening aren't all bad. No. And honestly, like this team isn't sitting like in the cellar outside of any opportunity to. We're play. not the San Jose Sharks. Jesus just, Christ. Just won their first game. Congratulations. Yeah. Against the Flyers. <laughs> but I mean, the fucking, we, we haven't really gotten a chance to do this and really. I have felt pretty disconnected, I think, in some ways from the rest of the league, like just because of like the busyness of life recently. But like even just looking at it, right? I mean, like the Jackets are sitting at 23rd in the league. That's probably not all that far off of where they end up at the end of this season. Like probably like bump them up to like 20. I think that's probably where they end, like anywhere from like 18 to 22 is kind of what I'm expecting. But that we're not all that far off. And if you think about it too, like look at some of the teams that they're ahead of right now. I mean, like some of these teams are obviously going to pick it up, but fucking Edmonton, Edmonton's two, eight and one, like good teams have bad stretches and it's going to happen. And you look around, I mean, same thing is happening. Calgary is four, seven and one uh, Pittsburgh's five and six. Uh, you know, the Jackets have got more points in hand on the Kraken, on the Flyers, which I think the Flyers are a team that you're expecting to to be better than. But, like, they're only four points back of the of the Devils. It's, again, we're talking 13 games. We're not in into the 12 games, sorry, as, as we're talking here. It's going to be fine. Like, the sample size is getting larger. Continue to make your assessments, but do not – do not give this season up. Do not give up on a player. Don't do any of that kind of stuff quite yet. Like none of it is worth doing. And the other part of that too, that I'll say, and I'll be the one to say this. I won't even let you do it because I feel like I make fun of you for doing it all the time. It's a lot more than just a goaltending on this team. That's been shoddy over the course of the last couple of weeks. And I would even go so far as to say, like, I don't even know that it's fair to say the goaltending has been shoddy. Because, frankly, it's been a lot of other shit happening in front of that net that have made it difficult for these goaltenders to to do their jobs. And, you know, ultimately, like, I think we're seeing improvement from our netminders in general. I, I can leave it there. I can get more intense. But the other thing I'll say, too, though, is there, like, people are going to have opinions. Like, people are going to, like, have their thoughts about – which players should be around, which players shouldn't have left, which players should be starting, which players shouldn't be, all that kind of stuff. Um, but damn, some people are like real mean to each other about the way they talk about things. And like, even if somebody's opinion is different than yours, like, don't be a dick. Like, I don't know. That's the other thing too. We're 13 games into this season. I keep saying that it's 12. And I am like already kind of at the point where I'm like, y'all like, we're better than this. Like we don't have to be assholes to each other about this. Like we could have, like you could, we could sit here all day long and you could tell me that you think Elvis is the best goaltender in the world. And I could tell you that I think he's at least top 50 and we could have that conversation for, (laughs) for hours. But like, I'm not going to sit here and like call you a fucking idiot 
I'm not going to call you a loser. I'm not going to call you any of that stuff. And you're not going to do the same thing to me. And I just wish that we were better at talking about this shit with each other than, oh, you and I, I think, do a great job. But I wish that other people were good at, at it the way that we are. Like, it's kind of just disheartening to see right now. Like, I'm just like, guys, calm the fuck down. Like, we have hockey. We're watching hockey. It's it's better hockey than it was last year. Like, even if it's not quite the results we're wanting or we're expecting, like, calm down. Yeah, no, it is really disheartening, and I agree. Like, we're so early in the season still. Like, it hasn't even been a month since opening night. So, you know, and there's just so much more of the season. You know, like you said, the hockey is better than it was last year. And, I mean, honestly, like you said, finishing 23rd versus 30th, I'll fucking take it. Like, that is such exponential growth. Um, in one season in in theory um like i honestly obviously it's not us like you know going all the way to the stanley cup playoffs but like it's better and like that's all that we can kind of you know hope for at this point um and yeah people are just like real mean like you can have civil discourse with other people even online i know that's a foreign concept of people but like you can have civil discourse with people online regarding your opinions um with hockey like first of all it's not life or death so like it's not the end all be all of situations um second of all um i think sports are supposed to be fun so um you know taking the fun out of it a little bit when you're calling someone a son of a bitch because of a certain, you know, opinion that they have about a player or the team or whatever. Um, But yeah, just a lot of big, like, and we see, we've seen this every year that we've been doing this, but like just so many people so quick to be like, I'm over it. This team's done for the season. Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Wow, 12 games out of 82. I'm really sorry that there's 70 more games in the regular season. Yeah, we've got a lot more. To Seven, go. zero, 70. So- 70 more games. Hell, we could go on a turn tomorrow or Thursday when this comes out and win the next 50. Like, we're not, no, but I- like... Um, but it could still, I mean, think about, um, a few years ago when St. Louis went, um, and went all the way to win the Stanley cup, they were the last team in the league in January. Yeah. Like weird, stranger things have happened. Am I going to tell you that it's going to happen this year? Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to have a turn of luck or we're not going to have exciting hockey. 70 games is so many. Like well, and and here's the piece of it too, right? Like this time last year 3 and 9 after 12 games. 4 5 and 3 this year, right? Like and we'd embarrass the shit out of ourselves on a world stage twice. Um the first game actually wasn't as embarrassing. The second game was embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like, if you look at that, right? Like, and that actually, like, was literally the twelfth game. The twelfth game was the second game in Finland, and so if you're if you're benchmarking there, obviously, like, improvement. 
And this is, you're also doing this too, right? Like without, like Patrick Laine is finally skating again, but you're doing all this without Patrick Laine. And that obviously has effects, right? Like you can't act like having Patrick Laine not be in your lineup isn't going to affect you. And so things are going to get interesting when he's healthy and he can come back into the lineup. What is that going to do to the lines? Is he still going to play center? We'll find out. But like, it's just going to be interesting to see how people handle that. Like who's going to move out, right? Like Dimitri Vronkov's played really well. I don't know if he's the player you take out. Uh, you know, you're already kind of flexing Emil Bemstrom in a lot of ways. You've, again, we've el- elaborated that you can't really necessarily move Kro Marchenko out of that lineup. Um, you know, Alexander Texier has struggled in some ways, like, again, just now getting on the on the score sheet. But if you look around, like, who's the player that you take out when he's healthy? Cole Sillinger is not playing poorly. Like, he's he's been fine. Um, you know, he's got three points in the six games that we didn't cover. Um, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do there once he gets healthy. I mean, there are players here that have been quiet. Justin Danforth's been quiet. So it'll be interesting just to see what they do. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's kind of one of the, the fun things about this is that we're going to mix and match and we're going to, you know, the, the tough decisions are going to have to be made. And I think that that's a nice challenge for Pascal Vincent because he has to really look at every single individual player. Like I think in years past, you've been able to like kind of group together people and just like consider them one entity. Um, whereas in this case, you really have to look at each individual player and their skill set and how that can be utilized to the best of their ability in every single game situation and scenario. Um, So I think for a coach, especially a coach in his first year and someone who loves coaching and loves the strategy of the game as much as I think he does. And honestly, as much as I think a lot of these players on our team currently, like they have a deep seated love for the game um, that that's a real, like that can be a real exciting time. Is it stressful? Hell yeah, it is. Is there a lot of like pressure you know, coming from all sides, from the fans, from, you know, the front office, from man, from ownership, like, yeah, but it can also be, you know, a really interesting and like, it can be really helpful to the development of these players to put them in various, situ- you know, situations and scenarios to make the most out of their skill sets. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still very excited about this season. Like, uh, again, I repeat, I would I love watching games where we're super competitive and we win and everything. You guys know that at home, my favorite thing is when the streamers fall. Like, that I'm is literally bitch. my favorite thing. And But I'm also here for the development. I'm here for the ups and downs. And to be honest, I'm really grateful to have those moments right now. I know that's super cheesy, but like, I just really am Um, because hockey is a, you know, a wonderful distraction and thing that I love. That's a part of my life. So I'm just being grateful for it right now. Um, Yeah. Well, we all could use that reminder from time to time too, right? Like (laughs) about like the fact that like, this is a cool thing that we get to like watch and, and be a part of. And, 
and things could be a lot worse in a lot of different ways. And remember so, COVID? Remember when we were no one was able to go and they had to play in front of no fans? And or when we had to go and we had to wear, you know, it could only be like a quarter of the capacity and we had to wear masks and Jeremy and I were embarrassingly on TV. Like, oh, yeah. you know, those were not fun times. Um, and I know it sounds super cheesy, like I said, to be this whole like things could be worse <laughs> scenarios and you should just be grateful. But like, truly, doesn't everyone just need a little bit of joy? Every once in a while, like it's freaking dark when you go to work and dark when you come home now. Um, and, you know, winter blows and, you know, times are tough for a lot of people. So, like, let's find some little joy. And I know I sound like a weird back of a magazine, like therapist, but that's what I'm focusing on right now is the joys and I love the Blue Jackets, even when they upset me. I love them. I mean, if you didn't love them when they upset you, this wouldn't have made it as far as it did. That's true. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. I mean, I, it's still, and maybe this is the part of me that like really is into player development and like really does enjoy this part of the game. But like, there are so many things to still be like watching and paying attention to. But for God's sakes, we're talking like they're fucking zero and twelve. Like, it's it's not that bleak, and it'll be interesting to see how they come out on Thursday. You know, they've got Dallas. Dallas is a good team. That could be tough, uh, but like, it's going to be interesting to see how they rise to the occasion. They have played better at home than they have on the road. Like, there's actually like. There's not like three out of their four wins have come at home. They've played. We're well helpful there. to them. The fifth line is helpful to them. Yeah. Yeah. So show we good energy. We can't turn our backs on them now, 12 games in. Like that's ridiculous. Also, don't you just get joy every time Adam Ventilli gets the puck? I'm so freaking happy for that kid all the time. Like, even when he doesn't do the best on the ice, I'm like, look at you trying. Look at you being 19 years old. And just living your dreams. And you're living your dreams as a Columbus Blue Jacket. And you wanted to be here. And you wanted this to be your dream. So be happy for Adam Fantilli if you're not happy for anyone else. People are going to think you're on shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not on drugs. So <laughs> you said that in a weird way. <laughs> I am not either. <laughs> oh no i didn't mean that at all i oh. thought you said i thought you meant that i said it in a weird way that i am no, um no, no, no. no i wish i was um but <laughs> yeah so just like if you're struggling or if you're being mean to people find your fucking joy my friend like 70 fucking games left to go well you know 70 is a number of a former blue jackets goaltender that we should have held on to laura Oh my god! I mean, he is actually doing really well. Do you want? He is. He's on my fantasy team, so I'm to, still benefiting from his from his joy. Do you want me to give you a bump, like a bump of you know, hockey coke? Sure. The Senators beat the Maple Leafs six to three tonight. I think that's amazing because I hate Austin Matthews. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that. So enjoy anytime that. he feels sadness. Is an okay time for me. I don't want to say I feel joy because that feels extra vindictive, but like but that's a little spark. That's like what you mean. <laughs> like, let's tell the truth. 
Okay, I feel joy every time Austin Matthews loses a hockey game. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so this one has been a little bit all over the place. We know that. We know that things have been a little bit discombobulated, but you wouldn't want it any other way. And on top of that, uh, we're still getting back into the rhythm of this thing. I don't know if we've ever had to cover six games. I feel like whenever we've taken breaks or whenever we've like not recorded because we've usually done like up to two episodes in a week, like we usually get in front of them, but this one a little bit different, but again, uh, obviously our number one priority is taking care of each other and we're never going to stop doing that. And so if that happens again, it's going to happen again and uh, you're still going to hear from us, but it just might be in this fashion. And so if that's something you're into, we appreciate you. And if it's not, well then, uh, fuck off i don't know what else to say really like that sounds really harsh i don't mean it but uh <laughs> but no uh laura is there anything i've missed like that's like all of that is to say is there anything you can think of in your hockey heart that i i've missed here that i've not picked up on no i don't think so i mean i just want to give a quick shout out to one of our dear friends that we made uh through the podcast um, for oh, doing yeah. a very lovely favor for me. Um, and don't worry, I did pay him too. But like, so <laughs> in a weird serendipitous thing, all of this terrible stuff happened the same week that all of my college girlfriends were coming into town for the first time it, since 2017. Um, and we were having kind of like a mini reunion and very last minute, I um, asked our dear, 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 dear friend and super talented Eli uh, Pinkerman to um, do photos for us, um, like do our group pictures. And he did such a fantastic job. He worked so well with me and my crazy group of friends. Um, and if you follow me on my personal social media, you've seen um, some of the pictures already, but in a really, really hard week um, for me, um, not only being able to spend time with my, you know, my closest girlfriends, um, but to have that experience um, with someone who also um, is, has meant a lot to Jeremy and I for his support of the show and um, everything like was just awesome. So Big shout out to Eli. Um, you were fantastic. And I just can't thank you enough for that experience. And yeah, check out either my pages or I know he posted them on Twitter too. Um, some of, If you see the large group of girls on his Twitter, um, that is me and my friends. So just big shout out to him. It was definitely a very much needed boost um, on my end. But yeah. Anything on your side? No, nothing specifically. I am. Uh, yeah. No, nothing specifically. I pretty, pretty much covered. I think everything that I had on my my hockey heart. I think I've been watching a lot of. This is one thing that I'll say, and this is like just like very tangential and has nothing to do with the Columbus Blue Jackets at all. I have never watched more college hockey in my entire life. I've watched. You have been go going to a lot of college. Oh hockey. man, I've watched so much hockey, and I guess it's kind of related to the Blue Jackets. So I, for the people who don't know at this point, but I think most people who are here probably do. I work 
at Grand Valley and Grand Valley is a school here in West Michigan that has a D1 like ACHA club hockey team. So if you're familiar with like Ohio University's club hockey team, like sim- like same same league, same everything there, a different conferences, but same league. And so I have been going to a ton of those games. I have a student, uh, a couple of students that I know that are on the hockey team. And so I, I try to go out obviously to support them, but uh, we went to a game last weekend and it was at Davenport and there was like, a, my friend Brie was like, you look creepy. Like, stop looking at this little girl. And I'm like, it's just so weird. It's so wild. There was a little girl in a Blue Jackets third jersey. And I like wanted well, to say yeah, something so bad. That. Yeah, I wanted to say something. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. I can't do that. Like, I can't like walk up to this like. I, I thought about saying something said, to family. Like, you know yeah, I mean? like, if you would have said go Jackets to like their mom or dad, like. It would have been fine. But yeah, it was wild. Yeah, I was like, that's so weird to see that in West Michigan. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody wearing anything blue jackets other than literally me in a mirror. Especially a third jersey. Yeah, and it was like a baby jersey. Like, it was like, because she was no more than two. Like, she was young. Like, running oh. up and down the bleachers, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, you would have, yeah, you're like, your, like, baby fever would have been fucking insane. Correct. But yeah, no, so it was really precious. But I have also not been mad at a hockey game like I was at that one in a really long time. Like it was insane. <laughs> Officials were absolute ass. Like I'm not and I usually am not that person. Like you know me. Like when I like when I watch a hockey game, like am I not probably like the most level headed when it comes to officiating? Uh yeah, I'm usually the one actually that like I will, I will vocally say like, well, everybody calm the fuck down. That was a trip. Like, or like if people like. You're are, actually the one that calms me down. You're like, no, that was legitimate. Like we should be in the box or no, there's no way that that's getting called back or right. whatever. Yeah. And so, I'm the one like, no, blah, 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 blah. Um, how many times have I stolen your joy where I'm like, Laura, that's offside. Stop celebrating. <laughs> so many times. <laughs> Especially last year. So, so many times. Oh my God. Countless. But. So I actually have more of that this weekend. I have more hockey. Um, I think only Saturday, though. I don't think there's a game Friday. But they're currently number eight in the country. Wow, that's they impressive. Were, they were number seven. Last week was rough. Okay. Well, hey, it wasn't that, but it's not too big of a, a dip. But yeah, no, they can I think get they, back. I think they play Purdue Northwest on Saturday. I was going to try to make it a hockey marathon day because the Blue Jackets do play at 1 p.m. in Detroit. They Not do. happening. My bank account, it's a no-go. And and the Blue Jackets don't love us like that. Uh, and so... <laughs> not happening but yeah we we did think about it but i have to find a fucking bar or something to go watch the game in because it doesn't work here <laughs> i always forget that there are blackout games i always forget that i can't watch them when they're Which playing just, here and this is just for another conversation for another day and i know it's because i haven't been a sports fan for my whole life but i will never understand restricting the access to fans like well I only kind of get it like I own like here's the piece about where I live right I live in Grand Rapids Michigan I'm two and a half hours away from Detroit and I'm two and a half hours three hours away from Chicago so like blacking out those games for this network for this market is like crazy but also like 
I kind of get like because I'm not getting blocked out because blacked out because of the Blue Jackets. I'm getting it blacked out because of the Red Wings, right? Like they're not going to show it because they want people to have the cable network. Because if I had cable here, I would have Valley Sports Detroit, and Valley Sports Detroit would give me the game, and that's why it's blacked out. So I get like they want people to go to the games, right? Instead, and because the Red Wings are actually somewhat decent this year, like people are going. But it's yeah, it's it's annoying to say the least. I do usually find either an illegal stream or just listen, but I always forget. Like I always sit down to go look and like, like cue it up and I'm like, motherfucker. So we'll see how I do that on Saturday. But um, yeah, no, nothing else on my hockey heart, Laura. I will throw it to you to do what you do best. Do you, you've got it. I think you've got it. I know it's been a couple of weeks. Yes. But I have faith in myself. I always have faith in you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so yeah, you, we <laughs> haven't done it in a while. Um, and actually probably someone's going to email us about it, but um, <laughs> we are supposed to be writing for inside the Um And when we do, you can follow those efforts on our personal Twitter pages, which are ITR Jeremy and ITR Laura. You can also follow the, sh- the show on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. Uh, we are on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. Uh, we also have a great website that you can check out that has all of the links to all of these things, and that's SubjectivelySpeaking.com. And we, if you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, uh, we do have a merch store. It's subjectivelymerch.com. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, uh, particularly on Apple Podcasts. You can scroll on down, hit five stars, and um, you know it is our favorite number. And again, we don't know how the algorithms work, uh, but we just know that your like, subscriptions, stars, reviews, whatever, um, all help to get us noticed in the hockey podcast charts. And before I say the last part that I normally do, this is a little thing that I meant to tell you before. I did get us another subscriber over the weekend because my tattoo artist, well, the guy who gave me a tattoo on Saturday, subscribed to our show. So, and I watched him. Wait, also, I have one. Did you? No, I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I can't get credit for it, but my friend Shelby, who works at Valpo, was talking to a student, and it came up that he liked hockey, and she was like, "What? who's your favorite team? And he said, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And she was like, you'll never guess. <laughs> I have a friend. Who... Look at that. Shout out to Shelby for helping spread the word. Yeah. Um, but yeah. my the... oh, wait, If you're that one kid, shout out to you too. Shout out yes, to you. and shout out to... Um, my tattoo artist from Saturday. Um, your name is escaping me right now. Damn. And it was really unique. Um, I've had a bad week, so I'm not remembering things properly. But you were amazing. And yeah, so now I'll finish it. So other than that, <laughs> we just love and appreciate you all so much. And uh, be nicer to each other. And just love hockey. Yeah. Please do. Please do. Yeah. Until we do get the chance to talk to you all next time, which uh, we're hoping is episode 200. We're going to keep you posted. Um, but if or not, the episode 199.75. 199.75. Yep, that, that was kind of what I was thinking too. And then 87.5 if we have to. And it'll keep going because if, if nothing, we're committed to a bit. Mm-hmm. We are committed to a bit. 
But until next time, make sure you're taking care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Like Laura said, be nice to each other. Remember that hockey is for everyone. And I mean everyone. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye.